If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is a long-awaited return uh, for Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. Yeah, man. It's it's been a while since I've been on. Uh, Glad to be back on, and uh, crazy how close we are to um, actual being in the NBA draft right now. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it, It is great. Kind of, I mean, it, it it almost sucks a little bit for content um, purposes because like we could like do so much content in the time between where the finals ends and where the draft begins that we just don't have time to do because they don't allow us the time. But uh, I'm never going to complain about getting the draft, um, you know, less than a week after the finals are over. Like that's that's pretty fucking cool. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, so we're definitely going to be talking draft stuff. Also joining us tonight um, on a, uh, I guess, a slightly briefer hiatus is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What up? I've been, I mean, I've been in the, in and out. You know, I've been back yeah. more more last couple weeks, but you know, yeah, I've been in and out most of the time. Mainly this show. I, I haven't really done any other shows. I've only done basketball. <laughs> so there I you feel go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like legit. I feel honored. It's like, like, uh, you know, send out a message or something, and like, who's down to do a show? Joe's like, I, I'm, I'm good. Like, oh shit. All right, cool. That was free. So, yeah, no, it's, it's good. Like, I, I, I do, um, I do feel like very much so, somewhat honored that I have the medium with, uh, with which everyone seems to like want to be a part of. So it's nice. Um, but yeah, um, so like, let's, let's get into things, fellas. Um, so Juwan and I did a show this weekend, um, and we kind of broke down, um, the AD trade, our thoughts on it, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it, um, just quickly, um, you know, before we, we jump into, um, you know, the, the draft preview and we got one other topic to get to before that. Um, but just overall, let me recap the trade. I, did have um, some corrections to make uh, from our podcast on Sunday. Uh, I did not have the most up-to-date information as far as the um, actual trade components, so I did want to recap that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Lakers get Anthony Davis, the Pelicans get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. They get the number four pick in this draft. They get the Number uh, 2021 
first-round pick if it is between numbers one through eight. If it is not between numbers one through eight, then it becomes the 2022 first-round pick, unprotected. That is what many speculate will be the infamous double draft, um, i.e. the um, uh, high school players will once again be able to um, go into the NBA draft. Uh, that is that is the year that, that many people expect that that will happen. Um, so that is obviously some good timing on their part. Um, they also get the uh, unprotected 2023 first-round swap rights uh, to the Lakers pick. Uh, they get uh, the 2024 um, unprotected first-round pick, which they can also defer – to 2025 um, if they would prefer to do so. Um, so that is the actual um, confirmed assets as of now that the Pelicans will receive uh, in exchange for Anthony Davis. Um, Joel, I'm going to start with you. Your general thoughts on the trade as a whole? Uh, disappointed. I guess will be my first uh, <laughs> uh, my first reaction. Uh, but at the same as a time, fan or like no, as a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right. specific, yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, he's going out west to play with LeBron, as foretold. You know, uh, it's quick how the the status of of a messy uh, dysfunctional team goes from like you're no one wants to go play with you to like they're going to win a championship next year overnight in one move you know what i mean everything changes if you make the right moves um and uh they still are a fucking mess but at least you know they they traded away their future for at least another year or two of uh championship hopes you know so i mean that's what it looks like they traded away the farm uh they still haven't managed right. to keep kuzma though so i guess good on them <laughs> they did uh and it's um, and LeBron hasn't doesn't have a huge little window, so I can't completely blame them. Uh, they had they had to do something, and that's going to be a hell of a pair to watch if healthy. And that's the key word here with this situation. Right. If healthy, absolutely, they are a squad to be reckoned with for sure. Uh, as long as yeah. I think I think that third spot shouldn't go to a max guy. I think it should go to other players to help flesh out the rest of the roster. Uh, Agreed. They, 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 need, they need they need depth, especially with those two guys who seem to. Uh, well, at least uh, Anthony Davis has a tendency to not stay healthy, and and LeBron, even though he's been a healthy guy, he's getting older and showed last year that one move um, you can get hurt and be out for a couple of games and fuck everything up. So right, um, they need more. They need depth than like putting all that money in one player. So that's kind yep. of where I'm at with that. I agree with you there, um, and and you know it's it's up in the air as far as actually how much cap space they're going to have to spend because if this trade is conducted um, sooner rather than later, which would seem to favor um, the Pelicans, um, then the Lakers could have as little as $23 million in cap space. Um, If they hold off, they could have up to $32 million in cap space. So that's a big difference. Um, But regardless of how much cap space they have, I am totally with you. I would go get – there are so many solid um, role players out there in free agency Mm -hmm. this um, offseason. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they can find a way to make shit work. Even if they're only working with $23 million, I would say try your best to use that $23 million to get Patrick Beverly, Danny Green, um, you know, to kind of split that $23 million between um, and then start making your fringe moves. Um, your room level exception, um, you know, maybe you can convince Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope to come back on a lesser contract because um, it would be his third year with the Lakers and they would get his bird rights thereafter. Um, so they could just give him like a little wink, wink, like we'll take care of you next year type of deal. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that would be advantageous definitely to the Lakers and and maybe at this point to KCP as well. I don't know what his um, value is going to be on the open market. I don't think it will be very high. Um, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I I think that would be helpful. And then you saw the room level exception. Maybe you go after a guy like Derek Rose, like $4.6 million uh, for one or two years for Derek Rose seems reasonable to me, given what he showcase last year obviously he's got his health concerns but if you can minimize his playing time um then you know he's i think he's definitely with his you know adding the three-point shot to his game is definitely somebody who could give you help off the bench um and then you know from there you just kind of tinker and and try to add you know vet minimums uh vince carter i think is somebody they should look into adding um, they should. I think they should definitely take a look at Carmelo Anthony. Um, maybe bring Javel McGee back. Um, guys like that. Maybe maybe LeBron can talk D Wade into coming back for one more season. Um, but regardless, um, I would rather. Even if you're telling me I had to pick between Kemba Walker by himself, and then all the fringe moves, or Patrick Beverly, Danny Green, and then all the fringe moves. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have the two guys who can play defense and hit threes than the one guy who doesn't play defense. And I don't need him to be this huge offensive threat because I have LeBron and I have AD. Um, so, and, and, and mind you, if, if this deal gets constructed to the point where they can afford Kimball Walker, they're going to have room for even a third guy at that point. I don't like, I don't foresee, um, Beverly and Green costing you $32 million combined. I don't see those guys being $16 million a year players. Um, I see them being more around 10 to $12 million a year players. Um, so that means you'll have room for one more guy, maybe like a Wayne Ellington. Um, and that could be very useful to them. So I agree with you, Joel. I think they should definitely do that. Um, Luke, what are your general thoughts on this uh, trade as a whole for, you know, both sides, either side, and, um, you know, what do you necessarily think the Lakers should be looking to do with their cap space? Oh, no, I mean, wow. (laughs) Right when I saw the trade go down, I mean, it's just – that's a lot um, to give up. I mean, big win on David Griffin's part. I mean, come in, you make the deal. I mean, you know, everyone knew it was just going to end up being with the Lakers just – all talks around it just everything mm-hmm. that AD wanted and all that and his agent letting everyone know. I mean, Knicks were in it, but I think KD getting hurt yeah. kind of hurt that a little bit and all that. But uh, yeah, the 
picks in general, I mean, getting fleeced big time, I mean, reminds me of the Celtics Nets move. I mean, that's a lot to be done a little I bit. Mean, you're really, really putting all of your chips into these, like, LeBron and AD years. I mean, don't get me wrong, you have, like, two of the generational players that have just came out, like, in a while. I mean, mm-hmm. LeBron's not been known to be injury, like, get injury prone, but, I mean, he just got injured last time. But, I mean, AD hasn't always been the healthiest. So, to put that all in there, I mean, the, the right to swap picks in 2023, uh, the final pick, too, if they don't like 2024 with this new, like, lottery reform, they can just be like, well, screw it, let's go 2025 then. And it's just mm-hmm. it. That just that, and I mean, yeah, you get to keep Kyle Kuzma, but Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart. I mean, this is also a win for Zion. I mean, he's some good players to play around Zion with, especially Lonzo. He plays that fast type of like offense that just like likes to go up and down the court. You know, exactly what Zion wants to do. They both can pass. Um, Lonzo's good defensively. Hart. I felt like, you know, that was a big kind of, like, low-key. I mean, he was really good at, like, you know, shooting. He was one player that actually, in my mm-hmm. mind, played well like, with LeBron last year. And then you got Ingram. Yeah, and you I would have rather trade. kept Hart than Kuzma, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. And oh, given yeah, up yeah, a little less of an asset. Hot yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, that's I, the number four pick. I mean, that's huge right now, I mean, because there's a lot that can happen and they can just keep on building around. I mean, Having two top mm-hmm. four picks, you can basically let Zion know, like, hey, what's your best feeling? Should we trade out? You know, do you like this player if he's here? Should we just go straight after him? So oh, I wouldn't start do, that. Um, they... <laughs> well, I mean, you got to see what he wants to play around with. I mean, but, you know, the, the Pelicans can do a lot. Now, the Lakers, on the other hand, I mean, it's a win, I guess, you know, for Rob Polinka. I mean, you got your superstar. I mean, you, like I said, you got to. Once in a generation player, I mean, he can definitely change the franchise for you and all that, and him and LeBron. Um, so that'll be interesting. Just right now, I mean, your starters are LeBron, Kuz, and AD, but, you know, I don't really, at LeBron's career, I don't think he's a small forward anymore. I think he should be playing power forward, but that's where Kuzma's going to be unless you bring him off the bench. But they got a lot to do. I think, I mean, I think you put Kuzma at the three, honestly. Ooh. And I don't love yeah. that. I just I know. I know. I know, but I don't like, like it. That's <laughs> why again again, that's why I would have rather kept Hart and maybe held on to one of the other assets if I could have, like, you know, that I gave away simply because like I think Hart is more of a seamless fit, like with A D and LeBron, because he's just gonna be your shooting guard and then, you know, you don't you don't have the kind of juxtaposition of, well, you know, uh, LeBron doesn't want to guard this wing player, so I guess that's your job, Kuzma. And Kuzma's like, I can't guard him. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not good at defense. Like, <laughs> I kind of suck at it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's, again, I, I, I think I would have rather had heart just as far as fit-wise um, if it meant I could keep an asset. Um but who knows? Maybe maybe uh, the assets were already in play. I don't know. But if you if you read between the lines on the reporting, um, you know they really wanted to keep Kuzma, and it seems like David Griffin was able to drive up the offer because they really wanted to keep Kuzma, and Griffin kind of maybe even pretended like 
well, I really want Kuzma. <laughs> like, um, so I don't know, but I, I'm sorry, Luke, go ahead and finish up. Yeah. But, um, like, like I was saying, like the Lakers, they're in a good spot. I mean, you got two generational players, but now it's just like, what do you do? And hopefully you do the right things. I mean, there's a lot of missed things that they could do and signing a max free agents one. I mean, yeah, getting a Kimba is nice. So then now you got to really convince people to really come in on these mid level exceptions, the bet, you know, minimums and all that. I mean, yeah, you can, and all that, like convince LeBron to play with LeBron and all that. But if I, you know, if I'm Polinka, I'm trying to make it look like I'm not a complete train wreck as a general manager. And I just made a somewhat solid move, even though it's a lot to do now, but Lakers have never been one, especially LeBron, never been one to, you know, really rebuilding with uh, these kids. I just, it's crazy to think that the Lakers, you know, being six years not in the playoffs, they only have to show for it now of all those picks is Kyle Kuzma and, I mean, Anthony Davis. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that was also, like, kind of something crazy. I mean, everyone else has been traded or left in free agency. But uh, if I'm the Lakers, uh, I, I I agree with some of the moves that I – Danny Green's definitely one person I'm looking at. Um, I like Terrence Ross. Uh, I also want to get someone that um, has played with uh, – Anthony Davis in a good year, and I like Rondo. I think I convinced Rondo to come back. Rondo's played with both LeBron mm. and Anthony Davis. Was really good with AD. If you go back and look at Anthony Davis, actually had one of his had a better seasons playing next to Rondo. So Rondo's always a good one. So um, I also like Trevor Reza. If like I'm being honest, I always have liked Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench, and if I'm going to keep him as a sixth man, I've, Trevor Reza can come back to LA and all that, and, and definitely be that three for them. So there's some – they can really build this team with, the like, you know, their limited money that they have and make it a good contending team because the West right now is kind of open with the all the injuries um, sustained at um, right. the finals to Golden State. But uh, it's just I, – I think that the Lakers and Lakers fans want something flashy, and they're going to – go right. all in on a free agent when they can really just make a really well-rounded team around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So it's very interesting where they go here. But, I mean, like I said, it can be almost a win-win, way more win in New Orleans side. But, I mean, then again, Lakers got Anthony Davis. I mean, that's a that's a very top five player. So And he's playing against Le- next LeBron. So it's it's hard to say that they're lose, like a loser right now, but it, all these draft picks that they're giving up, it's, it's, a, it's a big gamble that, uh, you know, some organizations <laughs> take it. And, you know, but history shows that these types of ones hurt you in the end, especially in the 2023 through 2025 year range where anything can happen. Right. So, but, hey, uh, you know, good for the Pelicans right now, man. You got a lot yeah. to do. Your future's looking bright. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely great, great haul for David Griffin. And I'll I'll end it with two points. Um, number one being, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, you want to you want to go out and get uh, like a max level guy like a Kimball Walker because you know if if one of your guys, LeBron or AD, you know, is hurt for an extended period of time, you want like another star level player. Um, who can, like, help keep you afloat, you know, whatever. If one of those guys goes down, you're done. I don't care who the fuck else you got on your team. Like, you're, you're not going to get it done without both of them. 
So, like, I would not be prioritizing my team in that mindset. I would be prioritizing my team as in I have both of these guys. How do I maximize both of these guys? And I think the best way to do it, defense, three-point shooting, and depth. Um, and, you know, there are plenty of players out there that can give you that. Um, you know, Kimball Walker, if you pay him, if, if, you know, they're able to postpone the trade until the 30th and get the max, you know, cap space and all that, if you pay a guy like that, yeah, he gives you, he gives you the three-point shooting, um, but you don't get the depth and you don't get the defense. Those are two very vital things that you need. Um, so I, I just don't like it. I don't, I, I could maybe make an argument for Jimmy Butler, but he doesn't necessarily give you the three-point shooting. Um, and, you know, I, and I just don't know how well Jimmy Butler would function on a team with, um, with, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I just don't, I don't know what his role would be. I, 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 I struggle to think that he would be a seamless fit. He's not a Clay Thompson. He's not a guy who's just going to come in and, and just do everything that you need him to do. Um, so I, I don't necessarily love that either. So it's like, you know, if you could get Kawhi Leonard, sure, but he's not going there. So, you know, that's a moot point. Um, so I, I think with the options they're facing, I, I, again, I would go for the three-point shooting defense in depth. Um, and one quick thing uh, before we move on, um, uh, you know, I, a lot of people have said, well, you know, it's an obvious one for the Lakers because, you know, they, you know, um, you know, they had to get this. They had to get this deal done. They had to get it done, and they got it done. Um, and and I don't disagree with that. They did have to get this deal done. They couldn't go into next season um, with the same roster. Um, you know, their their secondary move would have been going after Bradley Beal, which would, you know, maybe not have cost you as much. And he actually might be on paper like a slightly better fit with LeBron, but he's not even close to the same level of player that Anthony Davis is. Um, so, you know, I, I, but my, what I'm getting at here is they had to get it done, but they outbidded themselves in order to get it done. It's not that Anthony Davis wasn't worth, it's not that Anthony Davis wasn't worth what they gave up to get him. It's that they gave up more than anybody else was even going to come close to giving up to get him. Um, and, and that's the thing. I get it. You, you don't negotiate against other teams. You negotiate across the table. However, that being said, you also can't simply negotiate across the table saying, well, sure, this is worth it. You have to contemplate, well, dude, look, Boston, they ain't giving you Tatum. Uh, New York's out because Katie's not there. We've seen what, you know, Dark Horse – offers get you they get you you know demar Derozan, a late first rounder and Jakob purtle um like come on like you know we got the best offer you know we're giving you the best offer we're not going to give you that pick swap we're not going to give you you know two unprotected picks the last one's going to be lottery protected or something you know like you gotta you you, you gotta finesse a little bit and i i think that Polinka's lack of experience in the front office showed a little bit here, and he just wasn't quite able to finesse the deal um, in a way that you know we could maybe justify it a little more for the Lakers. Um, and and 
you know, even if he had finessed a little bit and maybe they didn't get the pick swap, I think I would still be sitting here like, damn, dude, what a fucking haul for the Pelicans. Like, regardless. Yeah. So, I think they gave up, yeah, I think they gave up, like, one thing too many, or maybe even two. Um, But, you know, hey, they got it done. They got their guy. We'll see what they do to to build around them, Um, and we'll talk, obviously, more about it as that roster gets constructed, and hopefully they're able to, you know, you know, make the ancillary moves um, that they weren't able to make last year um, to make a competitive uh, roster. Um, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Chris Paul, um, he's a little pissed off uh, right now, according to Yahoo Sports. Um, essentially, uh, they are reporting that he has requested a trade, um, and apparently, like, he requested the trade a while ago, um, I think, according to them. Um, but basically, he just doesn't feel like <clears throat> this um, relationship with James Harden is uh, doable anymore, um, and essentially, he wants out. Um, now, uh, Joel, you posted <clears> – <throat> I think it was you – posted an interesting thing. Um, mm-hmm. to, you know, to to follow up uh, on this news story where Chris Paul said, "Shit, news to me." Uh, he responded via tweet um, to the Yahoo article. Um, so he he's mm-hmm. certainly pleading the one, two, three, four, fifth. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, the story is out there. Um, there's there seems to have been growing tension um, between these two. Uh, what's your takeaway from what's going on in Houston right now? And and if if Chris Paul is indeed demanding a trade, do you think there's a trade out there that you know that the Rockets would even consider? Of course they'll consider as much as they can. The problem is what team is going to take that contract, and that's where you get stuck right. with. Um, I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul's still an effective player when he's healthy. Problem is, he costs a lot of money, and you gotta help. You gotta build a team, and unfortunately, he's not carrying any fucking team to anywhere by himself. Um, and that's kind of the predicament there, and they put themselves in that situation. It even hurts the Rockets overall because you know their bench is kind of light. It's not a not that D'Antoni gives a fuck about a, a large bench anyway. He only plays like seven guys, but. Um, I think that's what it comes down to with them. It's just like it's disappointing because they they got really close their first year together. This year they got they got there again, but they imploded at the end instead of uh, you know doing what the, last year was more. There was more encouraging. They almost got there. This year is the opposite. It's like they got there right. and they like they were all healthy and the Warriors weren't. They couldn't take advantage. They couldn't do what the Raptors did. They didn't take advantage. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, that's yep. that, obviously there was they grew some tension there, um, and it, you know it's I'm not worried about Del Moore. I think Del Moore could always help. He's always he's always fixing the, to make moves here and there. But if the chemistry is not there, if things between Chris Paul and James Harden is not there, that's going to ruin the next season for them if they don't move. Mm-hmm. Now apparently, uh, the this might be overblown, but. I there's a good chance he gets moved uh, or somebody gets moved or something. Uh, I don't know if the Rockets want to move him, but if he doesn't want to stay there, 
He'll be moved at some point. And there's probably going to be a team out there that's going to make that move. Who? I do not know. Uh, but Chris Paul is not getting any younger. So, And that's a huge right. contract. So it's not going to be an easy move yeah. at all. And obviously, if it really is like what James Harden is, well, it's me or him, they're going to go with the younger guy. Like the guy like, was a borderline MVP this year and was an MVP last year. And even if he can't make it all the way to the finals, he gets his, his numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I had an interesting thought experiment today, and I don't think this will happen whatsoever. Okay. Um, but it, it is just one of my fleeting, crazy thoughts. Um, but I did want to bring it up. Um, if Chris Paul was willing to essentially just give up the money on the last two years of his deal, if you cut him this year, um, so you'd have to pay okay. him the full like $35 million this year. But or shit, I think it's probably more than that. It's probably more like thirty-eight. Um, but you would not have to pay him the eighty-five point five million that he is due over the course of the next two years. Um, if you're the Rockets, would you do it? If you're Chris Paul, would you do it? And here's the thing: if you did that, if you were Chris Paul, you left eighty-five point five million on the table, but you got you were made a free agent this year. You could probably sign a three-year, $85.5 million deal. That's like $28.5 million a year um, for over the course of the next three years. I think there's a team out there that would give Chris Paul that as a free agent um, over the next three years. Um, I, maybe not. Uh, you know, maybe not. Um, but, yeah. you know. He's on the downside. I don't know. He's good. He's good. He is on the downside. <laughs> and he hasn't been he able is to stay healthy, you know. So it's another thing. Well, yeah, hey, that's very true. So maybe you wouldn't do it if you were Chris Paul, but if you were Houston, would you just eat his, you know, thirty, I think thirty-eight and a half million dollar contract this year if you get out of paying him forty-one million dollars next year and forty-four million dollars the following year? I think you might consider it. I mean, a rock, I don't know if money is would for them. You know, uh, so oh, it's money definitely so. for them. I mean, they, they <laughs> so, skirted so. around paying the luxury tax this year, so I mean, I would, I would say money's an issue for them. Okay, well, that's why I'm like, uh, you want to eat that kind of money? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if the Rockets. Well, do you? Um, sure, but do you want to pay that kind of money in the next two years? That's, I mean, that's the trade-off, you know. Yeah. That's if true, you can't I, trade I, I, him, if you can trade him, trade him. But I just don't think you can trade him. I don't think he's tradable. I don't think so either. There's something, some type of uh, agreement has to be made for this trade to go through. He's somebody's eating right. some type of money. So the Rockets are probably going to end up eating yeah. money in a, in a trade. You know what I mean? How much? I don't know. Right. <laughs> if it's like a quarter right. of his contract, you know, just to get him away, fuck it. You know, they might do it just you know, right. so they can get some freedom. Uh, so it wouldn't be a bad move at all. So. I'm not opposed to it. Well, uh, if I'm the Rockets, I definitely should consider it. Yeah, and that's my thinking is like if you did trade him, there's no way you're trading him for expiring salary. So, like, maybe right. you're getting something back in return that you think might be valuable, but, like, maybe you're looking at trading him for, like, you know, Jeff Teague and um, – uh, Fucking what's his fucking name? Andrew Wiggins. Like, and it's like, but, but then you got to have Wiggins for the next four years as opposed to Paul for the next three. It's like, yeah, that's 
not really that great. That kind of sucks. Um, so and and that, those salaries wouldn't exactly those salaries wouldn't exactly match up. But like there would have to be something else the Rockets send back. But nevertheless, you're smelling what I'm selling. Um, it, it would. I am. You would be taking back salary. Um, whereas you know if you if if you could get him to agree just to like you know fucking. You know, you're going to pay him the full amount this year, and he could go out into free agency and, you know, try to figure out a way to get that, that 85.5 made up somehow over the next three years with somebody. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Lakers. Maybe maybe the Lakers would be like, look, well, Kemba doesn't want to come here for less than the max, but Chris Paul will. Um, you know, maybe that would be an option. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it will happen. I just – I. I did think that uh, there is reason on both sides why you might consider it. Um, but anyway, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on the ongoing uh, you know, uh, saga between Chris Paul, James Harden, uh, the Rockets, their owner, Daryl Morey, their coach? This is all a shit show right now, right? <laughs> no, I don't necessarily think it's a shit show. I mean, Daryl Morey I've always it's had the belief show. in. Um, I mean, dude, there's plenty of other way organizations to be even considered. I mean, they're they they're kind of cast. Well, okay, it's a shit with, show you know, for committing one. standards. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, but I mean, they're still. I mean, okay. they can try to run it back right now and still be a very good team. So it's all up to if all the things are true, like like you were saying. There's like Chris Paul tweet saying news to me, but I mean, this doesn't look good for Chris Paul. I mean, this is that was it's going to be a second team that basically he just has bad chemistry with people. I mean, he's not having a really good reputation. Right. I mean, if I'm a team, yeah. I don't, not money aside, even if he eats that money and that's off the books or the Rockets eat that money somehow and it's off the books, I mean, I don't know what kind of organization I'm like, you know, that I want to trade him into. I mean, I don't want him a rebuilding. He definitely seems like a player that wants to win now mode. So, there's not a lot of teams that, you know, are going to win now that have money. So it it's just makes it tougher, like all like what Chris Paul is doing, if this is true. But then again, I mean, it could be, you know, something that's not. I mean, I did read that for two months in the season they didn't talk at all. That's kind of weird but and all that. But, I mean, if they do end up having to stay on the team together, I mean, if I'm Dan and Tony, I mean, wow. you got to split them up. you got to split them up as much. Um, I got some news here. I'm not sure how true. Ooh. Um, apparently, according to Steve Bullpit, I guess he covers the Celtics, uh, a major change in the Al Horford situation for a source close to Horford, his side is no longer discussing the new three-year deal to stay with the Celtics. He's expected to sign a four-year pre-agent contract elsewhere. Stories to come. Whoa. Wow. Wow. That, that – that see, yeah. okay. Um, let's Whoa. let's shelve this for a minute. Let's shelve it. Okay. And all right. And, and soak it in, um, because I think this is actually really good for the Celtics. Um, and I will elaborate on why later. Um, and I think this should totally dictate their moves going forward. Um, but for now, let's yeah. let's you know, let's let's stay the course. You you um, moving, but, baby. But, but yeah, <laughs> great, uh, great Joe bomb there, Joel. Um, yeah. All right. Joe bomb. 
Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Uh, Luke, um, you know, please finish your thoughts on the Rockets, if you can. No, I mean, point. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that didn't really shock me. I mean, I'm. I'll wait. I'll worry about that until July first. But uh, no, I mean, I if I'm Rockets, I'm just. I think this is just something that you know media is just trying to run with. You know, it could be nothing and. I got to convince these guys nothing I can do really to, uh, you know, trade out one. I'm not trading hard in CP3 is going to be impossible. So I'm just got to convince them that running one more year back, Golden State's not in our way. So, you know, we can possibly get through another team. So I don't think it's it's crazy, you know, if they don't talk for two months. But, you know, you can always, if you convince them to stay, you just don't play them as much together. You play them as limited as you like, you know, you keep on – you try to separate them as much as you can. Yeah, you're going to play them, and there's yeah, no way that you cannot play them. <laughs> Don't yeah, play yeah. So just yeah. the game. So yeah. just space yeah. it out. So it'll be it'll be interesting because CP3 is one of those too hard of a contract to to trade unless you're basically yeah. getting nickels like or, and like pennies for like you know right. what you just and you're not, not getting it. expiring salary. You're just not. There's no team out there that's going to give you expiring contracts for that contract. Um, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that would be, to me, your best hope is that, a, you know, a team would just be like, here's a bunch of expiring contracts. We'll deal with CP3. And it's just like, I don't see that out there, which is why I'm like, right. dude, if I can just get him to, to, like, if I can buy him out and just I'll give him all his money this year. And just don't have to deal with them the next two years, and that opens up my books next year and the following year. Like I, I don't know, I consider it. I don't think it's likely. I don't. I. I think it, I don't even think it's probable at all. But I don't. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, but no, I mean I, I agree with you in the sense of the West is wide open. The best case scenario for them in order to win is to work it out because you're not going to get the necessary return um, that you would want. For, like, you're not going to get anybody back who's going to be better than Chris Paul next year. Um, so, like, that right there, I mean, you should just be able to sit James Harden down and be like, dude, we got to make this work. Like, we, can't, we can't fucking move him. We can't, like, there's nobody we're going to get back, and, it's, and any trade we make is going to hamper us, you know, going forward. Um, like we can't even trade him for expiring salary. So like, dude, we got to make this work. And CP3, sit him down and tell him the same thing. Like, dude, like, hey, why, why don't you start fucking calling GMs and ask if they'll trade for you? Because I'll fucking guarantee you they're gonna tell you no. Um, and you know, just be like, fellas, we got to make this work. Um, but you know what? Like, I think the biggest thing right now is they need to get the extension worked out with Dan Tony. Um, the fact that the extension has taken this long, the fact that they fired all of his fucking um, assistants, um, the fact that when he's on a one-year deal, you're not going to be able to get any quality assistants to come in uh, because they're going to view that situation as just being like dead on arrival. Um, that to me is the most concerning thing going on, which is why I phrased it as such as being a shit show because you have this – you have this discombobulation between your two best players you have this discombobulation between your gm your owner and your head coach like there's just nobody's on the same page right now in houston um now hopefully they can figure it out 
um, it would behoove them to do so, um, but I am skeptical. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see that they have some time to figure it out. Um, hopefully they can get, uh, you know, all of these various situations worked out and just kind of roll it back and make some moves on the margin. Um, you know, they should have um, at least most of a mid-level exception going into next season, I believe, um, as long as they don't, you know, make a lot of uh, other veteran minimum ancillary moves. Um, so that that could be very helpful to them as far as, um, you know, maximizing uh, what this team could do. Um, but they're going to have to make the right moves. Uh, Maury uh, is exactly the kind of guy that you want in charge in that situation. Um, so hopefully he can pull it off. Um, but let's move on. Let's get into our draft preview. Uh, we've already gone too long on the other stuff. So let's be quick with one through – we'll say one through two – um, Zion's going one to the Pels. Uh, John Morant is going two to the Grizz. That is obvious. Um, let's talk a little bit about three. Um, just briefly, um, RJ has been the consensus number three, um, but the Knicks did just bring in Darius Garland to work him out. <clears throat> so there is a narrative right now that they maybe could take him. Um, I doubt it. My, my best sense right now is they're just simply doing their due diligence. The fact that he seems to be the consensus number four overall prospect to most experts, if you will, right now. Um, I, I, I think it, it, it behooves them to bring him in and to work him out and to see what he's made of. Um, but I still think they're going RJ. I don't, I don't see them – Turning away from that, um, I, 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 it, it just wouldn't make sense, especially because of uh, the fact that they already got DSJ, um, the fact that you can never have too many wings, um, all of that. Uh, Joel, this is your team. Um, do you kind of see the situation like I do, or do you think there's a, even a slight possibility that they may take Garland at three? I just I agree with you. I, I think this is very much due diligence. Just you know, there's a lot of hype behind uh, Garland going in four. They just want to see what what you know what it is. Maybe they're just looking at it for uh, as a possible. You never know for trade scenarios and, and like maybe they drop or you never know. So that guy is right right underneath. Uh, so it's very much just them looking, making sure um, they're secure with their pick. I think they're gonna take whoever's there at three which is basically John Morant or R.J. Barrett. Uh, Darius Garland is probably fourth. And I think Garland is pretty much probably the fourth best player in this draft, uh, arguably. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be completely surprised. I'm not sure if it's New Orleans that's going to pick him. I guess we'll find out Thursday because that might change by Thursday. But uh, I think Garland is highly touted. Uh, but I, I don't think the Knicks are planning on taking him third. No, and and if anything, I would think that the Knicks, what I mean by due diligence is mm-hmm. they're probably getting a look at him to be like, all right, maybe if the Pels really want to get RJ, then sure, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll trade you RJ for Darius Garland and one of those Lakers picks. You know, like, right, I mean, right. I, I, wouldn't, right. I wouldn't do that if I was the Pels, but, you know, like, right. I mean, that – 
that would be the train of thought that I think the Knicks are coming from here. Um, I don't think no, there's any, any scenario. Yeah, I don't think there's any scenario in which they take uh, Garland above RJ. Um, Luke, your thoughts? No, I mean, it's very interesting that, uh, you know, Garland's right now in the Knicks uh, talks. I mean, like you guys are saying, they're definitely doing their due diligence. They def- they had John Moran come in and talk. I mean, he did his rights to, you know, even though he probably knows he's not going there too. So there's a thing that's, it is interesting in a year that, you know, the Knicks have been looking for their point guard of the future, but I just think RJ is a, a little bit higher of a tier right now. I mean, it'd be different if Garland played all year and we had better right. like numbers to show off, but it's, yeah, but RJ right now, I think he's just the better right for New York. He could definitely handle the the big spotlight and all that. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up taking him. I mean, it's like you guys said, there's a lot of teams that are right now coveting uh, Garland. There, he, him, and Culver right now can are like my like big thing right now in the draft, where those two players can have a lot to do with what teams want to trade up for him. I mean, if New York feels like, like you guys have said, on the Pelicans or maybe the Bulls or one of these other teams that really want and they they do see, like, someone else that's right under RJ and all that, you know, that they – on their big board that they could get at that spot and you can get a lot more. I mean, New York's definitely in the, the rebuilding. So – but I just – I don't see them not taking RJ. It's just they have to be really impressed by some team that doesn't want – uh, Garland to fall to number four to give anyone a chance to trade in the team before them's not so that's my only scenario where they're taking Garland but I mean it's very interesting that they're you know they're they're definitely intrigued by him I mean a lot of things I'm reading that they they do like him I mean workout probably went pretty well I mean he's back to being fully healthy he can get his own shot so that's a very big thing right now I mean mm-hmm. RJ can't yeah, RJ has a lot of limitations, but RJ's ceiling is also just, I think, a little bit more higher than Garland's just because, I mean, he did have a bad shooting year, but what he was able to do in the ACC, I mean, just leading them and scoring, doing what he did at Duke, I mean, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, he does have his limitations, but it, there was a lot um, like put on him, and I think he stood up to definitely be the going to New York. Yeah, he's got his flaws. I mean, and and all all of these prospects do. Um, but you know, I and I think it's it's really hard to spot. Um, like you said, it's it's really hard to spot Garland's flaws um, because it's such such a small sample size. Um, but nevertheless, I I just think you 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 go with the wing player over the guard um, nine times out of ten. Um, and I would buy into more that they would be interested in taking Garland as a trade asset if Katie wasn't hurt. Like if that were the case, mm-hmm. um, I could see that being potentially better if they thought they could trade down to get a guy who would fit better right away with KD um, and some additional assets that they could use to flip for other role players or future things or whatever. Um, but given the situation that they now find themselves in, um, I think you just go best player available, uh, best I – sh- I shouldn't say that, best prospect available. <clears throat> and I think mm-hmm. the best prospect at number three 
um, is R.J. Barrett. So I think that's what they do. Um, but let's move on mm-hmm. to the Pelicans. Um, they got a lot of things going on here because there's been a lot of reports about um, – it, 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 most reports that have come out have indicated that they don't intend on keeping this number four pick, that they want to flip it um, right. for a, 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 a more – valuable player. Uh, Bradley Beal has been mentioned. Um, uh, I, I don't think I've heard anybody else mentioned in actual reports, just in, maybe in speculation from various, um, you know, uh, people who follow the league, but not um, insiders per se. Um, I think that's the wrong move here. Um, you got into trouble with that with Anthony Davis. And I know you've got a lot of assets to play with now, and so you're really excited about it, and you're thinking, well, shit, we could, you know, Bradley Beal, he's 25. He could, you know, by the time he's 30 um, and, like, you know, still in, in the midst of his prime, you know, you know, our, our franchise player will be 23, 24 um, in Zion, and he will be entering his prime, and those could be two guys you know, who, who work really well together and yada, yada, yada. Um, I wouldn't do that. In fact, like, I would go the opposite direction. I would be, I would be shopping Drew Holiday. Um, my, my number one option here is Miles Turner because um, I would just love the pairing of Miles Turner and, and uh, Zion uh, because of mm-hmm. Turner's ability to stretch the floor um, and Turner's ability to pr- protect the rim. Um, his his switching ability, um, I just think he would be really great. And then you know you combine maybe his lack of um, muscle with with Zion's just sheer muscle, um, and I think maybe you got a, yourself a great pair there. It's a, it's a four and five for many years to come. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it, it may take more than just a Drew Holiday to get that done. I would be willing to, you know finagle and, and try to make it work. Um, you, you have so many picks to play with. That would be a way that I would consider giving up a future pick um, to get somebody who's younger, who I think fits my guys better. Um, and as far as like um, the, the way this roster is constructed right now, I would absolutely as good as Lonzo ball is defensively and how he would pair with drew holiday. And that's all great. Um, I would absolutely be looking to flip him for number six to the Suns or even number seven to the Bulls because if I could get Darius Garland and DeAndre Hunter, um, two guys who can hit three-pointers, who have kind of like project as really good three-point shooters, um, like that would be terrific for this team when you don't have a lot of other guys who can hit three-point shots. Um, so, like, if you could, like, build this – like, if, if if I was in charge here, my goal would be to come out of this draft with Darius Garland, Josh Hart, um, maybe Brandon Ingram, maybe not. I could I could move him. I wouldn't I wouldn't be married to him, but let's say you could keep him. Uh, Zion and then um, uh, Miles Turner and then DeAndre Hunter being kind of your sixth man to fit in, you know, that, that those would be like my six guys that I wanted to come out with. Um, so you, you, you would have three rookies, um, but everybody else would be young. Uh, I think Miles Turner would be your oldest player. Um, and, you know, you would just 
kind of build with this young core and go forward. Um, it doesn't seem like that's what they are aiming to do here. Um, it seems like they kind of want to they 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 kind of want to win now, um, and you know still leave themselves the the possibility of of winning in the future. Um, and I understand that, especially in a small market. Um, but I think you're going to sell tickets regardless because you got Zion. Um, so I don't necessarily think you have to concern yourself with um, maybe selling off a little bit of your future um, to, to get a playoff team in there now um, simply because you have the most transcendent player since the guy you just traded. Um, most transcendent prospect, I should say. Um, so that would just be my take on it. Um, but I mean, we'll see what they do. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts on the Pelicans various options here with having the number four pick and having made this Davis trade? Um, and, and where do you fall in the spectrum of what you think they should do versus what they will do or what, what it seems like they're trying to do, I should say. So, my thoughts is if R.J. Barrett is miraculously still there, I strongly consider keeping. I mean, I'm keeping the pick and trade and and taking R.J. If that's what I just want to keep them together. But other than that, I'm definitely starting a bidding war for teams that are really hungry to get Jared Culver or Darius Garland. I mean, if Atlanta mm-hmm. is serious and they don't want the possibility. Of, you know, Culver falling to five. Don't and, you even mention eight and ten. Hey, no, I mean, no, eight and ten, I think that's that's for the third pick overall. But I, I could definitely see an eight and 17 Wouldn't and 35 that for that. Wouldn't so, do that I mean, either, but sure. I mean, you got to, hey, Atlanta's got a lot of picks. <laughs> if they like Culver that much and Cleveland ain't answering that phone, you got to go somewhere. So they like I'm everybody. Trying to, I'm trying to – make the another bidding war to have another team outbid themselves so I can get a lot more prospects, um, you know, draft picks to build around that. Because, I mean, yeah, you can go for the DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, he'd be all right next to, to Zion. I mean, he's your prototypical 3 and D. I just don't think that he's really hitting the meter over. Culver could be pretty nice too, but right now you got Holiday and, um, and Lonzo. I mean, so... I don't think that they should trade Holiday. I know you've been talking about it. If I'm trading anyone, I'm flipping Ingram because I'm more skeptical on his health sure. and all that. And, and you yeah. know, I'd be more inclined to go Ingram and number four for, like, a Bradley Beal. That's not too much giving up of the, of the future and, you know, have them run it with, you know, Holiday, Beal, yeah. Lonzo, and then you're finding your center and you have Zion. So you can do that. I mean, Turner would be nice. It's just Right now, um, I'm trying to get the teams with multiple first-round picks this year if I think that there's – because I don't think there's just one – like you can maybe get Hunter later on if you were to do the eight or like a six-pick. Right. I just don't think yeah. right now, you know, the fourth – you could get more right now and keep on building around the Zion young core that you just uh, accumulated. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately – like I, I do not think you take Hunter at four – um, what I was suggesting is, is trading Lonzo for six, then you take Garland at four and Hunter at six. Um, but uh, even if you don't make that trade, even if you even if you do like Lonzo, and, and from all reports, Alvin Gentry really likes Lonzo, and and you know despite the lack of shooting, um, 
you know, Lonzo and Zion, that, I mean, that would be um, a really nice pairing as far as uh, Lonzo's passing ability and, and Zion's, um, uh, you know, um, elite athleticism. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I do think even aside from that, um, I, you know, at the very least, I would be targeting um, Hunter in, in a situation where I take Garland and then trade down for Hunter. Um, like, say you take Garland – and you say, all right, sons, like, you know, we'll give you him for, you know, we'll give you Garland for Hunter and a future protected first. And, you know, if they're like, no, nah, we'll just take Kobe White. Then you go to the Bulls who are even more desperate. And you're like, all right, Bulls, like, we'll, we'll give you Garland for Hunter and, you know, a future, you know, even less protected pick or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility as, as, especially as many teams out there who seem to be coveting Garland, um, I think you have to take him simply because of the uh, trade possibilities um, that you could have by doing so. So I agree with you there. Um, again, I just don't necessarily think Beal's the, the best option for them. I don't know that you're going to be um, in two years' time a a, um, a, a championship pedigree type team. Um, and in two years' time, Bill can walk. Um, so I, I don't necessarily want to bet on um, uh, being able to convince Bill to stay in New Orleans um, after playing right. two years of fringe playoff basketball. I, I that that would be my concern with making that trade. That was, um, that was one of my biggest concerns, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I think you know you go for a guy like Miles Turner who signed on for four more years. I think in four years you you could be in a position where you're a legit contender um, because Zion will mm-hmm. have had the time to grow. You're you're starting to get those Lakers picks are coming right around the corner, and maybe the Lakers aren't looking so hot. Maybe you're looking to move some of those picks, and all of a sudden, like everything's starting to like find its way into shape. You're not going to be there in two years though, so I I just don't like the Beal thing. I, I just don't think the timeline fits for it. His age, as far as timeline fits, his contract doesn't, though. Um, but, uh, Joel, so you've kind of alluded to it. You're with me on this deal thing. Um, what, are, what are your over, yeah. kind of overarching thoughts in general with what they should be looking at to do at the number four pick? And they should definitely look to trade it. I mean, add some depth to it. Um, whether it's for a vet, um, I, I'm, I'm torn about the, the vet thing, like the whole idea of getting Bradley Beal. Um, that, that, to me, that's a win-now move, and I, I'm not sure they're in a position to win right now. Um, right. And to me, especially with, like, Beal and Drew Holiday um, together, obviously it would be a great duo, but they don't have the, – the rest of the roster needs to be played out, and that's a lot of money put on to do those two players that practically play the same position. Um, and it's just like that's kind of redundant in my opinion. Now, yeah, you could trade Drew and, and build that way too, but I just, I just, I, I just don't see the point in doing that right now. I think it's too early to be trading for a, an all-star veteran like that, um, even if he is a young veteran and his prime. But that's why he—I don't know if he wants to be in a young team. He just came from a miserable team that's been somewhat of a playoff team and can never get over the hump to now to a rebuilding team. Which might be young right. and talented, but they're very young in a, in a you know that top top heavy Western Conference. So it's like it's one of those things where like he probably wants to go somewhere else. And, and 
I don't know. I just think the fourth pick should be uh, they shop it wherever. Um, so whoever, like, well, now maybe drop it, you know, get two picks back. Maybe, I don't know, do, do the Hawks want the fourth pick? I mean, there's a lot of different question marks, you know. Um, but I, I, I don't, don't even want the fourth pick that Beal. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just, I don't know if a good trading for Beal is, is the right move for them right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, I would not prioritize that. Like, if, if an offer comes across and it's just too good to refuse, sure. Um, but, like, the other mm-hmm. thing, too, that we're not mentioning here is Washington doesn't even have a GM right now. <laughs> so I don't know who's going to be approving huh. any Beal trade right now. Um, I, you know, no, right. I just, I don't know. So, um, so maybe that's not even on the table, um, no matter if they want it to be or not. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it would be in their best benefit, um, to learn from their mistakes with the Anthony Davis situation and just be patient, um, and, and build this team the right way. Um, I think, Again, I think they clearly need shooting. Um, they like Lonzo, not a good three-point shooter. Drew, a slightly below average three-point shooter. Ingram, not a good three-point shooter. Zion does not project to be a good three-point shooter. Those are your starting mm-hmm. players right now. Like that—that that is mm-hmm. not—that is not the situation that you want to be in. Um, that's why I think trading Lonzo for number six and adding Garland, who does project to be a really good three-point shooter, and DeAndre Hunter, who also projects to be a really good three-point shooter, um, could be very advantageous for them. Um, and not to mention, I, 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 and I don't think I mentioned this earlier, um, Hunter uh, you know, can play the three and the four. So you know, if you wanted to go small ball with Zion at the five, like Hunter could slide to the four, and then you know, you're looking at you know, uh, Garland, um, Drew Holiday, if you don't make any moves there, um, and um, uh, Ingram at the three with Hunter at the four and, and um, uh, Zion at the five, like that's a very interesting small ball lineup. Um, so I think there's still a lot of minutes there for Hunter, um, e- even if he were to come off the bench. Um, I don't know. I I just I really like those two guys and their fit with this team and not to mention like if you assuming you do keep drew holiday if you had like you know your core three defenders of drew holiday deandre hunter and um zion williamson that's a pretty good core of defensive players right Mm -hmm. there um so i don't know i i really like that play for them Uh, i don't necessarily think that's what's going to transpire i think they really like lonzo um, and, and so I think that's, that's the one guy that they really want to keep out of this mix. I don't necessarily think that's the best play for them as far as um, how you build a championship roster around Zion. Um, I, I would rather roll the dice on a guy like Garland who can, who can basically has at least the potential to be the next Damian Lillard. Um, I don't think he will be. I mean, I just, I wouldn't bet on him being that. Um, but even if he's the next C.J. McCollum, um, you know, that's still very, very valuable, um, probably more valuable than whatever Lonzo Ball becomes um, next to a guy like Zion Williamson. 
Um, but anyway, let's move on. We got to get to uh, the Bulls, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the Cavs are picking at number five. Um, a lot of speculation about them potentially trading down. Um, I heard one today of uh, them trading uh, five and Kevin Love for to the Hawks for ten. 17 and a future protected first round pick. <laughs> um, and I just laughed my ass off. I was like, there ain't no fuck away Travis Schlink has taken on fucking Kevin Love's contract. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, I don't care. I don't care if we get to keep eight in the deal. Then we get five and eight, and we only got to give up 10, 17, and a lottery protected future first or whatever it is. Like, he's not taking on Kevin Love's contract. Um, and plus, we'd have to, like, throw something in there to match, you know, with that. Um, but regardless, there's been a lot of fucking trade speculation out there um, for the Cavs. Uh, I, I'm personally of the opinion I think the best player for the Cavs would be Jarrett Culver, um, mainly because he can uh, be your secondary or even primary facilitator, especially being that Colin Sexton is not really – what I would consider a primary facilitator. Um, and so if you could get somebody with that kind of playmaking skills to go alongside with him, um, I just wouldn't pass that up. I would not be looking at trying to trade down and thinking, oh, well, you know, Cam Reddish, you know, he, he's shown signs of, of, you know, playmaking ability at times. Like maybe he can do – no, Cam Reddish can't do that. He proved he can't do that at Duke. Like Cam Ranch is gonna be gonna be really Uh-oh. good in the right situation, but if you put him on the Cavs, that is not going to go well for you, in my opinion. Um, I think if Culver falls to them at five, they should just take Culver and call it a fucking day. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts? Hallelujah. No, I mean I like Culver. Next to Sexton, I understand what you're saying, but then again, I'm just if I'm Cleveland, I don't have my pick next year. My options are really limited on you know oh, you what I do. do. So, I mean, but it just keeps top, on you know. But it's top. No, no, no. It's top ten protected next year, and if it doesn't convey next year, it becomes two second round picks in 2021 and 2022. Okay, so but still, I mean. I can possibly flip it to get more assets. So uh, there's a bidding war for Culver, or I mean, if you're saying I can get off Kevin Love books for that trade, I mean, I know you want to do it, but I don't necessarily see it that bad for you guys. I mean, you get to get five and eight still, so you're still building. I mean, you have the cap space to to bring in Loves, and oh, actually, I don't know if you guys do after. Your last one. I mean, you could. I mean, it'd be interesting. We I don't, don't have think to cap. We'd have to send somebody back. My my yeah. counter offer to that was if you could rope in Portland and the Hawks could take back Evan Turner's expiring salary and number twenty five from Portland, um, and then the Cavs would take back Myers Leonard's expiring salary, and the Blazers were to get Kevin Love. I don't know if you can follow all that without it having like like written down in front of you. Um, but that that would be a more appropriate deal to me. <clears throat> I don't want to take on Kevin Love's next like four years, $120 million, you know, salary. Um, 
but maybe maybe the Blazers would, you know, especially with the West being wide open. If you could add, you know, Kevin Love uh, to that roster and you're only giving up Evan Turner, um, you know, Myers Leonard and the number 25 overall pick, um, that might be worth taking on such an egregious salary. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely work. I just, like I'm saying is I said it in our one mock draft not too long ago, Colbert is, seems like the smarter pick, but they're going to go for the flashier one. And don't get me wrong, Cam Reddish, might, you know, he kind of did before. I mean, Colbert showed it, you know, this year he kind of stepped in front of him. But, I mean, Cam Reddish still has a lot of potential, you know, if he can get on a different team. So they're, they could be just sold on this, like, huge upside and all that. So if you can get more from Cleveland, I'm definitely trying to rebuild. If I can get more than just one pick, I'm really going to look at my options. So, And if I can get, you know, Reddish that I feel strong about or Sadeko uh, Diambo, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm, def- I, I I'm get definitely considering um, trading out. Yeah, see, I get that. Um and and there is certainly that possibility. My my thing with this is like once you get to like ten and seventeen, um, and so let's say you know we do the version of this trade that I propose where you get ten, you get seventeen, you get your first round pick back, let's say from Atlanta, so you get to keep those two future seconds. Um, you know while you're rebuilding, it's it's nice to have early seconds in the mix. Um, so let's say like that's the deal and you cut $20 million in salary. It's not a bad deal. Um, you get an extra pick, you get extra bite at the apple, you get your two future seconds back. Um, you know, uh, and that those are good pieces to have, but like, ultimately, like if I were them, I, like I, I would consider it at eight. If I was getting eight, I wouldn't necessarily consider it if I was getting 10, um, just cause I, I think, I, I don't know what you do at 10. Um, I think, I guess maybe you look at a Seku Dumbuya, maybe you look at Gugu Patate, um, maybe you look at a Brandon Clark. Um, but you know, I, I would just rather have Jared Culver because of how he fits next to the guy that I already have on my roster. Um, and he's the best player available. So it's like if you have the luxury of taking, you know, the best player available, at least on my draft board, and he fits really well with the guy you drafted last year, I just – I wouldn't try to tink – I wouldn't try to get cute. And, you know, I would rather just – if that trade is available, um, like let's say the Blazers are interested, I'd rather just trade Kevin Love straight up to the Blazers and get, you know, two expiring contracts and the 25th pick back, I get that as my extra bite at the apple and just keep Culver. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I would really prioritize having Jared Culver on my roster if I were the Cavs. Now, I don't disagree with you in the sense of that maybe they won't make the smart move. <laughs> um, we don't know. I don't think we know really enough about Kobe Altman and, and um, you know, what he's been able to um, build as far as a resume just yet. Um, obviously, the, they had the midseason trade that I, I thought was really kind of floppy um, as far as, like, giving 
giving the Lakers the number 25 overall pick in that trade when you were actively helping them trim the cap space in order to get LeBron in the offseason. Like, I I was on record at the time saying, I don't think he necessarily had to give up that pick, uh, but okay. Um, But nevertheless, um, I don't know. I just wouldn't pass up on that opportunity. I I think those two would fit great with each other. You got Jetty Osman. um, So you make those your three guys along with Larry Nance, and those are your four guys that you're trying to build with. You get a bunch of money coming off the books next year, and you know you just try to continually uh, accrue future draft assets and build with those guys. That that's that would be my play, but um, who knows? We'll see. Uh, Joel, what are your thoughts specifically on the the, four, the on the, the Cavs at five? And, yeah, and, yeah, and what you think they should do? Like if Culver's there, would you just take Culver, or would you? You know, would you try to maybe move uh, him, um, move down, and try to get extra no. assets? Or? I mean, I I definitely look at that and look like field offers, but I definitely would take that Culver five there. I mean, I take him and walk away. I'm good. I mean, that's 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 a godsend for them. <laughs> if he's there, that's a special, that's really good pick right there for if, if it's there. They need a wing, they need a young wing. To play with their young bull. Yeah. You know, it's perfect. You know, he'll fit right in that shooting guard where there's a giant fucking hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, so he'll yeah. fit in right perfectly with, with their club, with Sexton and, and, and Shetty, uh, Shetty Austin. And, uh, it'll definitely help fill out that roster, which is mixed with m- mostly young guys right now. And eventually they're going to have to unload Kevin Love. But, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of time. Uh, but you know maybe not this year. Uh, maybe make trade. Maybe trade deadline. They find out like someone willing to take him. I think what hurt them last year that he got hurt. You know, uh, so Kevin was yeah. never 100 percent most of the year, and so he couldn't really show off that he was a, a valuable player to have on your team. And I think he still is. I think he could definitely be a help to somebody out there. Um, so right. it's just a matter of time. But yeah, if Jerry Culver's there, you take Jerry Culver for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I would be, as far as the, the Kevin Love trades that I could see, that Portland trade, I think, could be in play. I, it, it's hard to say because they do have um, the, like a, a funky kind of ownership situation after the, the passing of, their, um, of the owner of that team, um, you know, in the middle of, of last season. Um, but uh, I also think OKC could very much be in play. I, I don't – I mean, I think – if you could get um, Kevin Love for Steven Adams and the number 21 pick, I'd fucking do that in a heartbeat because Kevin Love adds shooting to a team that needs shooting. Um, he can play the five, and now you're running a lineup of uh, Russell Westbrook, Terrence Ferguson, who can you know shoot admirably from three, Paul George, who's a good three-point shooter, um, Grant, who can shoot admirably from three, and Kevin Love, who's a good three-point shooter. So if you can add – four guys around Russell Westbrook who can hit three-point shots, you can kind of revamp your offense and really go into next season with, like, kind of a new game plan, um, which I desperately think that the um, Warriors, that the Thunder need to do. Um, So, like, that, to me, that's another option. Um, Now, Adams has two years left on his deal as opposed to the expiring contract that you would be getting from Portland. So I would prioritize the Portland deal, even though you'd be taking on more money this year. Um, uh, and getting you know a pick that's four spots later, 
Um, but, you know, if the Portland deal isn't there, I really do think the OKC deal should be there. Um, but there's a lot of reports that they're trying to, um, you know, cut salary as of right now. So maybe that deal wouldn't be there. Um, but like you said, Joel, a deal will come along. Um, I mean, Kevin Love's just too good of a player despite his Albatross contract. Because um, it's not, it's not of the he didn't he didn't sign a max deal. He's basically thirty million dollars a year for the next four years. Um, that that is not it's not even close to of the level of like Chris Paul who's making forty um, million dollars. You know the next two years after this year. Um, so it's 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 oh it, I think it's a lot more manageable. Um, and I think Kevin Love's just a guy who you can fit in um, a lot easier um, than a guy like uh, CP3. So, uh, so yeah. Um, but, hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I could see them doing any number of things, but if Culver's there, I would take Culver. All right, let's move on. The Suns, um, they obviously need a point guard. I suggested earlier that, that, that you know, if, if it's available, they should totally trade for Lonzo. If not, uh, and Garland is gone, I wouldn't get too cute with it. I would just take Kobe White. Um, there's a lot of indications that they are um, have been linked to Kobe White and that maybe they even like Kobe White more than Darius Garland, um, at least as of a week or two ago. Um, yeah, a little bit, but, you know, I, I don't know. I could see it. I mean, he, I would think he projects as a little better defender, which is why I think maybe that's why they think that. Um, good shooter. Sure. Um, really fast, uh, gets to the basket, um, maybe won't command as many touches as a guy like Garland. Uh, when you have a guy like Booker, maybe that, that can make the difference too. Um, but you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, it would not put it past them to just be like, uh, well, you know what? Like, uh, we, we think, uh, we can roll with, um, Booker as our point guard, and, and we're just going to draft, uh, you know, DeAndre Hunter. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them to make that decision. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it, it, if it came down to it, um, and I was their GM, I would just I would take Kobe White. Um, I think Hunter's a better prospect, but you need a fucking point guard. I don't think Booker is your point guard. Um, I don't think I don't think you. I don't think you accentuate no. his best attributes when you play him at point guard. Yeah. No. Um, and, and, you know, um, like it, there's something to be team, said. Honestly. Like, you could you could run a lineup. Like, you could hypothetically run a lineup with Booker at the one, Mikel Bridges at the two, re-sign Oubre, have him play the three. Um, you know, then you have, you know um, – uh, uh, Aiden obviously at the five, TJ Warren coming off mm-hmm. your bench, and then you know you pick up uh, DeAndre Hunter and have him play the four. Um, like that, that, there is some merit to that. Like that could actually be maybe even slightly better defensively. Um, so like I wouldn't crucify him if they did it, but I still think they should probably go Kobe White. Um, I I just think you, Mark. I I would want somebody who's who you could. It, mold into more of a facilitator where it's just that's not ingrained at all in in you know uh booker's dna um joel what are your thoughts there no yeah they need a point guard uh i think 
they might have no choice but to pick Kobe White, and I think it's not a bad pickup. Uh, like you said, I, apparently they might like him more than Garland, so that's cool. I mean, that works out in their favor then, you know. He's a big point guard. He, he'll pull, well, I think he'll work perfectly next to uh, Devin Booker as a guy that, as long as he is, he, I would hope he's, you know, a decent defender at that position. That's what you're really looking at. But uh, like he's, he's also a good scorer. So if he can be a two-way guy next to Devin Booker, it's kind of perfect fit for him. Um, they need it. They really need a point guard. They've been anemic at point guard for a while. So I think truly it is, you know, I think Kobe White is the pick there for the Suns. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, but like I said, like it's it's it all depends on where you have where you have him ranked. Because um, you know, like personally, again, like I have him ranked, I want to say at ten or eleven, and I have DeAndre mm-hmm. Hunter at like seven. Um, so like if if that difference is big enough to you, like if you think there's a drop off, like a tier drop off between where you have Hunter and where you have um, Kobe White, like maybe maybe you don't like you don't make that move. Uh and maybe, you know, let's say maybe if you take DeAndre Hunter, you're you, you start looking at it like, well, okay, we'll take DeAndre Hunter um at six. Um and then, you know, maybe uh we can sign a point guard in the off maybe we bring in Terry Rozier. Um and we, we you know we pay him and we and he he's our point guard. Um, so like, that's a possibility too. Like we, we, we have to, you know, um, analyze the draft as not being the whole, but being a part of the roster construction for these teams. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, I, you know, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's necessarily your play at this point, especially how Terry Regier, um, kind of not only played last season, but it is kind of, um, just, seeming bitterness um and 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 just didn't didn't seem like a glue guy at all that that he seemed like he was um you know a year ago um so i don't know but um you know maybe maybe that's it maybe that's another direction that they you know kind of trend in if they're not super high on kobe white but i have heard that they are um i i think that would be more likely um for chicago um if if for instance uh, Garland drops to six, and Phoenix takes him. Maybe Chicago, um, maybe opts to go in a different direction and signs Terry Rozier um, because they don't seem as high on uh, Kobe White. Um, but hey, who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll, it's it's all of this is conjecture um, at this point. So it, it's hard to tell, you know, what's up and what's down, what's left and what's right. Um, but uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on what the Suns should do at number six? Um, you know, if Kobe White's available, do you take him, or do you maybe look at taking somebody else you think is a better prospect, um, and then you you know you worry about trying to get a point guard um, in the uh, in the off season? You know, and you know I mentioned Rogier, but you know there's other guys, uh, Ricky Rubio. Uh, will most likely be available on a on a semi cheap deal, um, and and you know I'm sure there's some other guys I'm not thinking of. No, I mean um, if I'm the Suns uh, right now, my my number one, my big board would be Garland at like you know that's what I definitely want to get. 
Um, just because I think that don't get me wrong, Kobe White is good and he's he he has the potential, but it's it's a little bit further away from their projected. I mean, if you want to just really appeal to Devin Booker and not you know want him to leave and all that, and um, they like kind of having Devin Booker being the facilitator, and I think with Garland having the better shooting than Kobe White right now, that he can play off ball better too. So I like that. My second one is I'm either trying to trade to get a, a a point guard, maybe shooting guard from a team like a veteran like that to put next to Devin Booker, or I'm waiting to free agency and I'm now drafting something to go with, like you said, that projects better with a you know a more rounded uh, role player that I could get. Um, just think that uh, Toby White he does he has a lot of Upsides just it's going to be a while till I see that. Then rather I could just maybe get a DeAndre Hunter or a Brandon Clark to play next to um, DeAndre Ayton, who I drafted last year, who's shown some limitations. Sure. So if 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 I don't have Garland right now, if I'm the Suns, and you know there's not some, I'm I'm trying to just you know get the point guard elsewhere, and then I'm going to fill in. I mean, even though they have way too many wings. I think they're at this point where they're trying to thin them out and so I start they you know, they're they're closer to, you know, who's really gonna be on their team and I mean if anything they could definitely I don't see him being the best person defensively next to him, but I, if they want to get a point guard, I mean Conley they could outbid anyone with you know, I don't think he's worth a six pick, but no. you know if you could if you're that mm-hmm. desperate I do think that Conley right now fits the timeline better than Kobe White, not Darius Garland, just because I think you know Garland well, gives a couple. Of... I just think that you know DeAndre, you Booker is getting to that point where you don't want to get him fed up and him want to leave the team when his this extension's over and all that. So. He's got five uh, years left. That's right. He's got a lot of money and time. <laughs> all right. Well. I don't know. I mean, I just, they're right now, I just Kobe White, they're still going to be one of the worst teams in my mind that take Kobe White at the, at but the number six pick. <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like maybe. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Be be they're pretty White bad, either. man. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I right. The, 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 like, honestly, how can they be worse? <laughs> right, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, but like maybe maybe like maybe they're better, but not better against the field. I guess what I'm saying. Um, like gotcha. maybe they still like aren't even close to the playoffs. Is I guess what I mean. Um, but no, I mean I, I feel you. I again, I don't like I like outside of John Morant, I don't like the fit for any of these point guards for them. I like I don't think Garland really fits their roster. I actually think Kobe White fits their roster better than Garland. Um, I just don't think he's as good as Garland, um, which is again why I like I would be trying like hell to get Lonzo. Like I would just be like, dude, like look, we'll give you six. We got the Bucks pick coming in next year. Sure, it's not going to be great, but maybe it'll be lower than it was this year. It'll be like twenty five or something. Um, like take that and and give us Lonzo, um, and you know that way you get a a facilitator, a, de- a defensive player. And then I think at that point, like, you have 
I don't know, like 20-ish million dollars in cap space. Um, at that point, I would just I would go out and try to sign a stretch four. Um, I'd look at a guy like Nikola Mirotic and be like, hey, we'll give you, you know, two years, $40 million um, to come in and, like, play for us. You know, you're, you're not a liability defensively. You're not, you know, solid defensively, but, you know, you, you've shown – um, ability to, to guard various positions at different times in the, on the big stage. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that would be the best-case scenario. But, I mean, we just don't know if uh, the Pelicans are even considering that at this point. Um, I think they should, but um, we don't know if they actually are. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I wouldn't fault them for taking Hunter. If, if Garland is gone – and they're picking between, say, Kobe White, um, Hunter, and, I don't know, Cam Reddish, uh, I, I would not fault them for going Hunter. Um, but I would fault them if they went Hunter and then once again didn't get a fucking point guard in free agency. Um, because, uh, you know, that's basically what they did last year, um, and they thought they were going to be able to trade for a point guard, and then they never pulled it off. <laughs> Um, like just it, it was it was blasphemy. Oh, they could have had Dennis Schroeder, um, you know, easily. Uh, but you know, they they didn't make that. They didn't decide that they needed a point guard until after he was traded. Um, so um, I don't know. And not to say that Dennis Schroeder would have been the point the right point guard for them. Maybe they just weren't interested in Dennis Schroeder. Um, but they needed to get a point guard last year, and they never did it. Um, so they, regardless of whether they draft one or not, they need to get a point guard, um, this off season. So we'll see, we'll see what they do. Um, all right, let's move on, uh, Chicago. Uh, obviously I think if Kobe White falls to them, they take Kobe White, but if somehow Garland and Kobe White are both off the board and they can't trade for Lonzo, um, at that point, I'm just going best player available, who is not a fucking center. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw the report um, that came out earlier, uh, I think yesterday, um, but there was a report that came out that said um, that if <laughs> both Garland and Kobe White were gone, that they would um, potentially take Jackson Hayes because <laughs> <And>, <laughs> they're really high on him. And um, – like, dude, if you if you take a backup center at number seven overall, um, fuck, like you you just you, you deserve to immediately be fired. Like, uh, no no questions asked. You you have to be fired and forfeit all of the the subsequent money that you were owed. Like that would be terrible. Um, so hopefully they don't do that. Um, but yeah, if if Kobe White's not available. Um, and obviously Garland wouldn't be available at that point. Um, I, I would just take the best wing available. It'll probably be DeAndre Hunter, um, and Hunter has a lot of flexibility. Um, I even think you could run, try at least to run some lineup, lineups with Porter at the two and Hunter at the three, Markkinen at the four and Car- Carter at the five with Levine you know, basically being your point guard. Um, I don't like that really, um, at all, <laughs> um, but I think you could try it, and maybe it might work, 
um, in some circumstances. Um, but you know, if you if you don't have that point guard available um, to take, then I think you just take the best player available. And I think at that point it would be uh, DeAndre Hunter because of what he could bring. Um, you know, as far as his three point shooting, as far as his defense, um, and you know, if you got him. You know, maybe you could move him in a year, or maybe you could move Otto Porter um, at some point. Um, it's not like you really gave up anything to get him. You just accepted his – you gave up Bobby Portis and Trump change to get him um, because you had essentially the cap space in order to take him on. Um, so I um, – the way you gave up Jabari Parker – uh, but the, the whole reason that that trade happened was because you could alleviate some amount of cap space um, for uh, Washington at the time and the fact that, you know, they weren't locked into either one of those players. Um, but, yeah, so you didn't give up very much to get him. Um, so maybe you can move him uh, and, you know, just make DeAndre Hunter your three um, and and then just kind of, you know, see where it goes. I, I And you know what? <laughs> I may, may have just stumbled into a Chris Paul trade. I guarantee you the fucking Rockets would trade Chris Paul for fucking Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, so uh, anyway, um, again, I wouldn't do that. But um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, I think you go point guard if one of those two guys are available. But if not, you just go BPA and call it a day. Um, or maybe maybe you try to trade down. I just don't know – in this kind of draft, I just don't know what kind of real assets you're going to get by trading down is, is I guess, what I'm saying. Um, but, Joel, what are your thoughts on the Bulls? The Bulls. Well, they also want a point guard. So if the Suns decide, you know what, fuck it, I don't want them, uh, they'll probably end up taking Kobe White, right, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. See that as an option. Um, cause if he's I, I there, think that's where they him. want. I agree. I agree. I think if he's there, he's there. I think that's who they'll end up taking <laughs> if he's there. Um, it really just depends. Like, uh, I like DeAndre Hunter. Uh, uh, the problem is they, they're kind of, they kind of got everything else filled out. I mean, I, I don't think taking DeAndre Hunter would be a bad thing. Uh, they got, but they're locked in a shooting guard and small forward. Uh, power forward, center, they kind of got all the guys. And there's nobody that's significantly better than the guys they really have in their roster. I'd really consider trading out, <laughs> to be honest with you. Somebody want a seven, yeah. and I can give you some for a point guard. You know, that's probably what I would do if no point guard is there. So let's say Kobe White is gone by that point. I would definitely mm-hmm. say uh, I'm a, it's available. Come and get it for anybody uh, behind right. me. You know, that's Make really what I'm for it. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, that's yeah, and just see what offers come across your table. Um, I I I can't really conceive of an offer that I I think would warrant it, but you never know. I mean, um, you know, you you could certainly have a, a team come out of nowhere who's just like, "Fuck, we need to get DeAndre Hunter. Like that's the, we need that guy," and so we'll give you you know uh, this this player. You know, player X, and you know, a top four protected protected pick next season. Um, and you know, if if you you like whatever whoever player X is enough, 
to where you're like, well, we are, you know, analytic staff projects that pick at number 12 next season. Well, fine. We get, you know, this player number 12 next season as projected. And, you know, there's only a top four protection on it. You know, I mean, that's basically how the, um, how the, uh, Doncic trade went down. Um, essentially like the, you know, the Hawks, um, analytics staff were like, well, we, we really like Doncic. We want to keep him, but, you know, we project, um, the Mavericks pick at number 11 next season. Um, and, uh, we think Trey Young is, you know, um, close enough to what Doncic is that we think having that pick will be, you know, more valuable than just having Doncic. Um, now we don't know, like that's yet to be determined. Um, a lot of people have already written the book on it, um, but nevertheless, like maybe the Bulls find themselves in that kind of similar situation to where they're like, "Fuck it!" Like we, we just we, um, you know, we think this is a better opportunity for us. So yeah, I, it's certainly a possibility. Uh, Luke, your thoughts on Bulls? If Kobe White's available, do they take him? If he's not available, and there's no foreseeable. Uh, there's no point, like legit point guard on on the table there. Um, what do you do? No, yeah, it's definitely Bulls are another team that you need a point guard. You need a point guard. So if <clears throat> Kobe White, I do like him on this team because they're just a lot younger. Bulls have a long time until you know they're they're able to compete. So he'd be you know uh, be able to grow with that team. But I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah. DeAndre Hunter, that's you just you have to go next best bells. Well, you're not taking any like big swings like, you know, you could do um Bambo, maybe uh oh, jeez, I don't think Kevin Porter, I don't think he's impressed that many people to fly out that much. No. So it's just no, it's just there's not. no one that that, that DeAndre Hunter might not have <laughs> the highest ceiling as a lot of these other ones that like some people, some scouts just are very high on because but I just think that the six range, the four and five, you're going to get more for trading down. I think six is where it starts to fall off, and you're just not getting as much to, like, slide down. So it's just – it puts right. Bulls in a tough situation where, you know, that they're not going to get a, as much as, you know, the fourth and fifth pick if they trade down. And, like, where are you really competing now? I mean, you're going for outside the lottery in the future, so – I just think, yeah, they're one of those teams that they should, if Kobe White's not there, make the smart one and go with DeAndre Hunter. But I could see them, you know, possibly trying to take a swing on a guy that's ceiling just, you know, trying to, because you're at six right now. So it's right now you can can do the, you know, the boomer bust kind of option. So it's going to be interesting for them, but I have a feeling wherever it's falling, Kobe White's going to be there because, like I've been saying the whole time, like the top three picks are definitely secured with uh, the like RJ, Zion, and Job. But I definitely think four and five secured with uh, Darius Garland and Jared Colbert are going to be taken because teams are trading up. So I think Kobe White would will definitely be there for Chicago no matter what. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, if if Garland goes four or five. Um, this, I mean, there's certainly a possibility that Phoenix just takes Kobe White and then the, he's not there. So, um, But maybe uh, – I'll be remiss if I did not bring this up just quickly. Um, Sam Bassini uh, threw this out there. Um, 
that he would could conceive uh, not that Chicago would do this, but he would kind of see it as like a, a reasonably good idea um, for them to trade Larry Markinen for the number four overall pick. And his reasoning was this. Um, you could take Darius Garland as your point guard of the future, um, and you would still have the number seven pick in order to take um, either a DeAndre Hunter or a Brandon Clark or whoever you wanted to pair up with Wendell Carter um, and the rest of your young core. I don't hate that for the Bulls. Actually, I actually like kind of somewhat on some level like it, especially if you were to get Hunter. Because um, if you had a team of Garland, uh, I, I don't like Zach Levine. I've been on the record. Like, I don't dislike Zach Levine. I just I think he's more of a six-man type um, than he really is a really genuinely good starting shooting guard. Um, but uh, nevertheless, like, that would be your backcourt. Okay. That would be terrible defensively. Um, but nevertheless. Um, but – uh, you know, if you, if you, if you had that, uh, and then you had Porter and, and Hunter, um, both fucking great defenders, and then you had Wendell Carter, who, you know, has shown the ability to be able to stretch the floor. Um, we don't know um, to what degree, because when Boiling came in, um, he kind of limited his options there. Um, I, I don't crazy, like, dislike it for the Bulls. I don't think the Bulls would do it, and I actually don't like it for the Pelicans. I don't like getting Laurie Markinen on that team, um, mainly because I would I would rather go for you know if I was going to trade the number four pick um, for somebody I would rather trade the number four pick for Miles Turner. <laughs> um, I, I just I would want somebody who could actually play the center position uh, reasonably well defensively, and Laurie Markinen cannot do that. Um, despite his, his not comfortable. Um, yeah, even despite his like, um, you know, immense mm-hmm. ability to stretch the floor, um, and and obviously that would be very invaluable to Zion um, uh, offensively. Um, but I think Turner can do that as well. Not as good as Larry, um, but he can do it, um, and and just bring so much more to the defensive side of things. Um, but like, what what are your kind of brief thoughts on that trade proposal, Lori Markkinen for number four, uh, Joel? Lori Markkinen for number four is uh, I I agree with you in the fact that Lori not exactly a traditional center. It's the same thing. I think they should have with Porzingis playing center. I, mean, I don't think I don't think he can't do it. I think he can, and I think long term that's probably where he he's probably going to be the best fit. Same thing with Laurie. I, I think overall he'll probably end up playing center a lot more because he's just so big, and I don't know defensively if he can hold up as a power forward because I just because he's just right. so long, and I don't know if he has the feet to defend the power forward. Right. So at the end of the day, he'll end up being like a stretch five. Uh, so it might work in that regard, but I still think he's young and he's probably better suited playing next to a, a traditional center. Uh, even though I think him next design would not be a bad, I think he would complement him well because I think Lord rebounds well. He can shoot. Uh, I think he's overall a pretty decent guy. I just, just think defensively, defending the perimeter is just not easy for any 
seven footer to begin with, unless you're a freak of nature like like Giannis or KD or even Mitchell Robinson, right? We're we like a block three pointer. It's just not every not everybody can do that. So, um, in that regard, I don't love it, but again, I, I, w- I wouldn't hate it either. Um, but right now, I just consider him over power forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, he he he's a jerk prototype, if you will. Um, yeah. But like the well, the the quote unquote dirt prototype would be a center in today's NBA. So that's yeah. kind of where we are with him. Um, uh, so exactly you know, right. um, <laughs> but you know, I think you know if you're going to have him be your center, um, you know, I, I I don't know. I just I I question. Um, I I just I don't. I don't love his his fit in today's NBA, and that would be my, like my biggest thing. Is like you just have to go out of your way to make kind of build your lineup around him, and that would concern me if I was the Pelicans. Um, so I I don't know if that would necessarily be my option. And again, like it, you know, if I'm the Bulls, I like it a little bit more, but I, I just I don't think the Bulls would be there as far as giving up on a guy um, like Larry Markkinen who has been so good for them. Um, but, uh, Luke, what are your, uh, quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I just think it's too tough, um, for them to give up on marketing. Um, I've re- I've heard a lot of good things from Bulls organization, really like his upside, really like his shooting potential. Right. He has a defensive and limitation, but I one, think. He was, he was one of two guys, including Robin Lopez, who was like, Hey, we probably shouldn't like walk out on our coach. Like that's, that doesn't seem like the right <laughs> thing to do. Like that's, that's a good guy off, yeah. to have in your locker room. Like, just saying. <laughs> it is. Yeah, so, and I think they're giving up on, if they're going to give up on anyone, it's going to be Wendell Carter, um, just because right. I just think that he just had some played and all that. But, I mean, it makes sense that if they really are desperate to get their point guard right now, I think Garland's it. There's no one next year, even if they skip miss out on Kobe White. Then, I mean, but I just think that uh, I like Markkanen's just shooting upside just so much that uh, it's just it's tough that even if I could get a DeAndre Hunter or something around, you know, seven, it's just their shooting capability is nothing to what Markin's going to be. So, I mean, it's interesting. Right. I just don't think that Bulls are one of those teams where I eh, I, I just I just want to do it right now. Markin's right now one of my, my key pieces moving forward. Right. He's one of your building blocks, and you and you just it, – it, it, it's just so – it's so rare that you would move one of your building blocks. Even if it does make sense, you don't do it because you've invested in him. It would, you know, it's like when any time someone brings up trading John Collins, Atlanta Hawks fans get like super bent out of shape because like even if it's a good trade for us, like it's like, yeah, but like, dude, John Collins, like he's, he's – it's it's like he's one of our guys, you know. It's like him, Trey, and Herder. Like you don't move those guys. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, you you consider it if the deal is good enough. But um, but you know, nevertheless, like it would it would take a deal like that you just can't pass on. And I don't think that's a deal that the Bulls can't pass on. Um, just personally, I think they with the the cap space they have. Um, and the flexibility with that, they I think they would feel like they could 
you know, bring in a Terry Rozier or Ricky Rubio or somebody, um, you know, in the free agent market to where they would be like, yeah, well, we're not going to do that. So I agree with you guys. Um, let's move on. Let's talk Hawks and then Celtics, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, we're going to skip over everybody else because who gives a fuck about Washington, Charlotte, or Miami? Uh, but uh, let's talk Hawks real quick. Um, 8, 10, 17. Um, I'm of the opinion that we should just wait and see who falls to us at 8. Um, if we don't get one of Culver, who's not going to fall, but he's, you know, in that mix of, you know, possibly will fall to us. Um, DeAndre Hunter or uh, Cam Reddish um, at number eight, then maybe you consider making some kind of trade. But if one of those guys falls to you, I think you just take whichever one falls to you, um, and you you call that a day. Um, At 10, I would probably at this point in time, I'm going to say I would take Goga Batase. Um, The fact that the guy is – an elite pick and roll player and can pick and pop um, as well. Um, And the fact that he is a really solid rim protector. um, I think all of those strengths fit really well next Collins. Um, And, you know, even if he's the kind of guy who gets played off the court in the playoffs in the future, um, at the very least, uh, I think there is potential that he could not be that type, whereas Jackson Hayes, I think, is an obvious kind of type to get played off the court. Um, I think Batase, um has more upside because of his high IQ and because of his ability to stretch the floor um, as a three-point shooter. Um, so that would be probably, as of now, my pick at 10. And then at 17, I would just go with whoever's the best wing available left whether it's, you know, if, if Nazir Little falls to there, I don't think he will, but maybe he will. Um, if, uh, you know, if not, you know, it's probably Matisse Theibel, Keldon Johnson, Taylor Horton Tucker, um, you know, whoever the Hawks are highest on out of that sort of group of guys. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at right now. We obviously need to get two wings out of this draft. We don't have a legit small forward at this point. Um, so we definitely need that, which is, again, why I think, you know, you wait and see what wings fall to you before you even consider trading up. Um, and, you know, if Cam Reddish falls to us at eight, I'm fine with it. He's, I don't love Cam Reddish, but I think he fits a lot of um, – I think we fit him, <laughs> put it that way. I don't even necessarily think uh-huh. he fits us. I think we fit him um, and, and what he does, and he'll just – he'll blend in very well. Um, and then Batate, I think he fits us great. Um, and then, you know, at, at 17, you just take the best wing available, and you don't worry about training up. And then as far as the second-round picks, you know, you try to package those to move up, um, you know, to where you can or sell them off. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't do that, and, and, and uh, Schlink has said he doesn't want to do that. Um, but, like, trade them, trade them for future second-round picks. Um, you know, if you don't want to draft that many guys, which we don't, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'm not a huge fan of trading up, even for Culver. I, I, I like Culver the most out of Culver, Hunter, and Reddish, and they're in that order for me. Um, but like, 
Clover has just as many flaws as the other guys. They're just in different areas. And I think the biggest thing with Culver is the fact that he can be like a secondary playmaker. Well, Kevin Herter kind of proved he could be a secondary playmaker, or not proved, but showed signs of being one at the tail end of last season. So I don't, I'm not coveting that above, like to 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 an nth degree, like I think Cleveland should. Um, so I I wouldn't mind having a guy like Cam Reddish, who I I I don't trust him to ever be like. A, you know, a guy to drive and finish around the rim, but I do trust him to hit open shots. I do trust him to play pretty decent defense, and he's he's lanky. Um, I think he, his lateral quickness is pretty decent, um, so I'd be fine with him. And and Hunter would just be like almost like a perfect fit as far as just like plays elite on ball defense. Um, you know, plays could possibly play, um, you know, reasonably good help defense, uh, can hit three-pointers, can't create for himself. Um, but, like, if you have Trey Young and Kevin Herter, like, moving the ball around in this, like, style of offense, like, I, I don't know. I think I think Hunter would be totally fine. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm – I'm cool with whoever falls to us there. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts there? No, I, I agree. Uh, I think Cam Reddish is a perfect fit. Uh, I think that he can blossom with the Hawks and grow with the young Hawks. I think it's just, I think it's a good fit for both for both sides. Um, I do like Monsieur Little too. Uh, I think he would be yeah. a nice fit. Um, the, it really depends. Depending on what you do, it's, I think you definitely go wings first. Uh, I don't hate Seku Dumbuya either. Uh, but considering he's either. probably more power forward, uh, I don't know how. I mean, he'll fit great as a small ball a wing. I think he plays some three too. But I don't know. Uh, one of those guys, I think whoever falls, like you said, probably best. Uh, I doubt Hunter and Culver make it all the way to eight, but you never know. There's so many I mean, people. Might, some people might trade out. I mean, who knows? Uh, I definitely yeah. like. Or you guys could probably pick up a wing before you go and pick up. You know, to, uh, maybe reach for a big. Yeah, I agree, and I think a wing will be our priority at eight, and then we'll, you know, assess the board from there. Um, but Luke, your thoughts, and then um, we'll right into your uh, Celtics uh, thoughts. So uh, I'm actually all in on you guys <laughs> trading up to get Jared Culver, but yeah. with keeping the eighth pick. You can keep the okay. eighth pick. I have no problem with you trading up to get Culver because I just don't think, yeah. You don't like Madafi as have, much as I do, though. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that, but I just don't think with your current roster, you're not bringing in three rookies. Plus, you have so many second rounders. Yeah, I just don't see them all playing. I just think that to. getting <laughs> two players out of this is better than, and you can still get Gogo if you are high on him than eight. I mean, but I'm trying to say is that. If you can flip 10, 17, 35, and you have now 5 and 8, I like, you know, and you're getting Culver, I like whatever you do at, like, you know, if Ace, you want to take a swing on, you know, someone that you – a lot of people might think, you know, you're drafting them too high. But, I mean, if you do sit still, <clears throat> I do like the Cam Reddish idea. Um, he does fit really well with his shooting capability. Uh, 10, I'm with you on taking a a big man. It's just – uh, right now, I'm going with Gogo more than Jackson Hayes. It's just, yeah, 
I don't think that they are. And then with if you do end up keeping seventeen, I'd either go Nikel Alexander Walker or I would actually just mm-hmm. take a risk on a shooter that like someone that's actually shown me that they're like good shooting because you know where, where we're at in this day and age. I like Tyler here, and I also like Cameron Johnson. I mean, it's a huge swing on him, but yeah. but he's one of the be- but he's it's it's yeah. one of the better shooters, Defense, in the, and he's, he's gonna be. He's going to be one of those guys just playing off your bench. Same with Tyler Hero. I mean, I'm just taking a guy that at least he's showing me yeah. capabilities. Not, 17, I'm not taking someone that I think that is going to come Garner. out real he's quick and all that. Right. But then I, I also like, you know, say that you don't go with the big at number 10, you get something else. I like taking Claxton as your center yeah. position. And then, he's language. not going to help you out defensively, but I just like what he can do. To I don't know Maintaining the ball. <laughs> he's actually a he's a competent defender. He's actually pretty good defensively. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways that'll land. I just think that right now, I think if you can keep five and eight, and that's your draft picks that you walked out of with, I think that's a big win. I know you're not, but sure. I just think RJ can help out with just you know maintaining the ball. He can create on his own. He's definitely shown. I mean, his first year at Texas Tech, he was a completely different. But he was just basically three and D. This one, this past year, they made him more of a playmaker. He can depth. He's sure. definitely a player that can adapt well. And I think next yeah. to what you know, the Hawks are trying to play that that works out for him. And then if you get to keep the eighth picks, you still have the capability of getting a a DeAndre Hunter or making a big swing on someone like a Gogo Badazzi or uh, you know. Uh, Seku. So it's it's interesting. I think that the Hawks just they're better just trying to trade up and and keeping one than drafting all three. I mean, even though you might fill out your team a little bit more, I just think the Hawks are almost they're pretty close to with the with the East thing where it is now for my team I, Celtics. Yeah, I'll let you go. No, no, no. Go ahead. You got four minutes. So with my, it's all yours. Yeah. <clears throat> the team of the Celtics, the same is that. Um, I don't think that we – I'll be happy if we walk out with two of these picks and actually be on our team. I don't see us keeping three. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with us outbidding a team. Like right now the rumors are uh, Jazz are very strong consideration for Conley. Well, if you want to keep Al Horford and you want those trades, you got to show Al Horford right now draft night. So basically, you know, I think we could outbid you. I mean, if we give him the 20 and 22nd pick, I'm not really – it's not, I mean, and what, and we'll have to figure out contract-wise. So, but there's things that you can do trade-wise. 14, I don't uh, – the Garland thing doesn't really – I don't see shooting up to be able to take Darius Garland. I knew that we were in trade talks for him, but – Yeah, four, give up Memphis. Four, 14, I'm trying to get someone that's going to basically replace Al and try to learn under him. So, you know, if I'm stuck where – and, you know, they're not making anything. I like P.J. Washington. I like Brandon Clark there. Like uh, Nazir mm-hmm. Little showed me some things. Um, yeah. I, I'm even considering Grant taking Go Go. Um, Grant Williams, I'm thinking more if I can. Uh, I think I could get him in the 20. Um, sure. I'd even in the 20 range now. I can take you know I'd take a risk on Bola Bowl. You know I'm not worried. I'd really do like Nikel Alexander Walker. I think he'd be really fun next to Marcus Smart. I don't see him going yeah. down to 20, and I don't necessarily think that we should take I think there's other people that we should jump up for to take the risk on like those big men then Nikel just because like we're saying if Al's you know future is kind of skeptical we're obviously needing that position right. so but then you know I mean with the 22nd pick I mean I, I do like a Matisse Seibel 
Um, I'd even like Ty Jerome. Um, he seems like he's a, you know, very smart player right there. So, you know, there's a lot that I just don't think Celtics in my mind are only walking out with one player in the draft because I do think that they're definitely making a trade with all their draft picks they have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just me personally, I'm going to try to get this in in like 30 seconds. Um, it, with if Horford's opting out, I'm just like going full in on this fucking rebuild. I'm taking all these picks. Um, I, I'm trading away all the seconds, but I'm taking all these picks because I think there's so much value that people are not really um, like that, that. Everyone's underrating. You're not going to get a point guard. Um, but like maybe you get a point guard in next year's draft, and you know you can just you make shit work with Gordon Hayward running your offense, you know this season. Um, but like at fourteen, like you know I, I it, it, I'm not gonna like name the players, but like I think at fourteen, twenty, and twenty two, you can get a lot of high quality fucking players. Um, I really do. I think there's a lot of value there. Um, I would love for Grant Williams to be on Boston. I just think he'd be a, such a perfect fit. I wouldn't even mind him at 17 for the Hawks, um, honestly. But anyway, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we're going to be back on Thursday uh, to break down our live coverage of the NBA draft, so be sure to tune in for that. Until then, peace. Peace. peace.